I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, Pocalonians. This is Lord Yashiro all the way from Golden Rod Radio Tower letting you know at the time that we recorded this podcast, we did not know we were going to have an interview with none other than Paul Johnston, third place winner of the U.S. Pokemon National U.S. Championships. And that's going to happen at the very end of this episode. So once you hear the closing time theme, stay put because the best part of the episode is going to start right there. Of course, without any further to do, let's continue with the podcast. Good morning. In less than an hour, Players from here will join others from around the world. You'll be launching the largest TCG battle in the history of Pokemon. Pokemon. That word should have new meaning in, for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will unite in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 1st of September. And... You will once again be fighting for our meta. Not from Tyranitar, Battle Compressor, or Sarasic, but from Rotation. We're fighting for our right to play, to succeed. And should we win the day, the first of September will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night march. We will not vanish without the fighting stadium. We are going to ASEAN. We're going to Karina. Today we celebrate our rotation day. And now, coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle TCG Cast! 
Welcome everybody to episode 10 of the Puckle TCG cast. I am your host, Lord Yushiro, and this is Puckle. Puckle, of course, stands for Pokemon Underground Champions League, and we're more than just a podcast. We're a Pokemon community. With me, I got two very special hosts. First, a man so respected in the world of Pokemon. It is said that when Night March heard he was go- coming to Nationals, it rotated itself out of the game. Mr. Sublime Manic. Here. Hello. <laughs> and uh, next, of course, from the shadows, a man so evil, it is said that it was actually him who created the dreaded Saladantid. Mr. Scrawn. That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thank you for uh, to take two of the episode as we were having a lot of technical issues the first time around. We lost Thatch, but um, we gained uh, something special. The power of knowledge. The power of knowledge, <laughs> what, okay. <laughs> what, what have you guys been up to uh, in the TCG cast? Or TCG game? In the TCG game, I've just been constructing various different decks. Um, I made a fire deck with Entei last night for the online challenge that's going to give you like 750 like currency points for it. Nice. Hmm. I've been fixating on uh, in my Alakazami X. Porygon the Ancient Origins deck. Okay. And the whole premise of it is to de-evolve your Pokemon as many times as possible. And I know it sounds weird, but you have a bunch of Pokemon that have great synergy with this Porygon Z that can de-evolve as many of your Pokemon. You've got like this Alakazam that does like 50 damage counters total. You've got uh, Crodont, which removes energy from the opposing Pokemon, and we've got Milotic, which lets you get anything from your graveyard, and you just keep de-evolving them every turn. That definitely sounds very interesting. Um, Are you uh, running Devolution Spray? Just one. Just one copy. Uh, but the Porygon Z's attack actually is what devolves your Pokemon. It's very... Uh, it's an attack, though, though. So, can they just evolve the next turn? Yeah. You evolve them, and then you devolve them. Okay. It's the effect of evolving that you really want. Oh. So, intriguing. Uh, uh, it is intriguing. I've been working on, of course, the Greninja deck, uh, which is almost finished. Uh, and I want to move on to see if I can do the Velta EX Sorork deck. The dark deck that's going around. Um, it's pretty interesting. I really like that card. So hopefully I'll get around to that. But let's move on and begin with what is the first topic Nationals top decks of 2016. Nationals happened, and we had some amazing games and some amazing decks that went around. Uh, let's start out from top to bottom. Sublime, what did Fred Hoban play? Uh, Fred Hoban, who came in the top eight, used a Vespaquin Vileplume deck, presumably with Forest of Giant Plants. It has a really strong attacker in Vespaquin, and it itemalks your opponent as soon as turn one if you can get it out. Yeah. It is a deck. Yeah, it is a very fast deck. It is also a very annoying deck. Uh, not only every time you kill something, you're making it stronger, but also it doesn't let anyone play any items, which is very heavy in the format, as we'll see in the next one. Uh, Scrawn, tell me about the next one. Yeah. We've got Trevenant. Actually, for the next two, yep. Trevenant is right there. Trevenant deck are pretty big and prevalent right now in the meta. 
Uh, of mm. course, this is the Trevedam X and Y, which we'll talk about soon enough in our second topic, uh, which is the one that has item lock as its ability. Uh, it is a tur- first turn item lock, if you can get a with Wally, Wally into yep, yeah. with Wally. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty powerful. Um, next one, of course, is Chris Sikala uh, with Night March. Uh, no surprise there, March, the Night March is pretty much taking over the meta. Um, so we're just going to move on to the next one, uh, Sublime. Liam Williams came in fourth place with a Darkrai Giratina deck. That's a really interesting deck because when you attach a double dragon energy to the Giratina, it counts as all types of energies, so it will count as dark types for Darkrai's attack, which relies on the number of dark energy in play. So there's some really interesting synergy in that deck. It's pretty cool. Is this the Darkrai from Breakpoint? Yes. Yes. Ah, so they'll sleep. It's funny because when it came out, people were like, oh, it's not as good as, uh, what was the uh, other... Giratina? No, no. Or not Giratina, um, Eveltal. No, the other Darkrai. Oh, it's not as good as the other Darkrai, but I also think it's not as Eveltal. I I think it's as good or better than the original Darkrai. Not the original, but the one before this one. Um, I don't know. It makes a good attacker, while the other one was more of a good supporter. Support, right. So, move on, we have Paul Johnson, the set, uh, semifinalist, with Water Toolbox. This is a very interesting deck, basically consists of many support from Water, all the way from Manaphy's, uh, basically what Darkrai's EX, the, origin- the, the other Darkrai did, which is if it has a Water Energy, free retreat cost. Uh, it also uses Sussmitone EX for item lock. It is a very interesting deck. This is one I'm actually curious about building. Although, with the rotation, which we'll talk about soon enough, it might not be actually that good. But moving on, uh, Scron, tell, t- talk about Marcus Garcia and his deck. Our uh, uh, good friend Giratina rises out of the shadows once more with the friend Seismitoad, the vibrating frogman. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting set with Seismitoad and Giratina in the same deck. Not only can you item lock with Seismitoad, you can Stadium and Special Energy and Tool Lock, right? No, not Tool. Um, yeah, it's uh, Tools, Special Energy, and Stadiums. And then it's also just immune to anything from Mega Evolutions as well. Yeah. And that was the runner-up. So it's a pretty, pretty powerful deck. Uh, very interesting. And of course, let's go ahead and end with Nick Robinson, the champion of the Master Divisions for 2006 U.S. Nationals, Sublime. What did he use? He used, wait for it, wait for it, Night March. He uh, was actually using a, a Night March Vespaquin hybrid, which is really um, effective synergy between the two. Since you have to put all your Night Marchers into the discard pile anyway, it can also power up a non-Night March attacker in Vespaquin. I guess the Vespaquin makes it a little better, but I'm I mean, still... I'm going to put it this way. Verizian Genesect won like three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And Night March is getting rotated out, so it got its one moment of glory. Let's give it its moment. World Championship's still around the corner. So it might get another moment of glory. But like Scron said, it what what I like about this deck is because, yes, it's Night March, but thought went into it. Uh, Nick made sure to add Vespiquin, which was a very wise decision considering the meta. As you can see, two of the decks here... Uh, in the top eight were Seismitoad oriented. Uh, and Seismitoad is weak against, um, grass. 
which means mm-hmm. that Vespaquin took out Seismitoad, which not only would have one hit killed Joltix, but also item locked the um, Night March, which item locked for a Night March deck, deck is horrible. You used to stop it. If you can't use Battle Compressor to get those Pokemon in your discard pile, you're done. You won't be able to do anything. So this was mm-hmm. a very smart decision on top of Nick Robinson. And from us in Puckle TCG cast, congratulations for being Masters Champion Division for the U.S. National. And I hope for you the best over at Worlds, which Scrawn will be attending. Yep. So That's that the plan, be, at least. <laughs> that should be super fun. So let's go ahead and move on. But first, a world from our sponsor. Beat up pigeons, Pidgeot Emporium. We got Pidgeys, Pidgeotos, Pidgeots, and all your basic flying normal type Pokemon. Need a Farfetch? Got it. Need a Dairyroll? Got it. Need a Staravia? Got it. Need a P-Dub? Got it. Need an average flying type Route 1 exclusive Pokemon? We got it. One more time. That's Peter Pigeons, Pidgeot Emporium. One final time. That's Peter Pigeons, Pidgeot Emporium. Go check us out today and tell them Puckle TCG cast that you for a 20% discount. Wow, we a 20% discount. No, make that a 25% discount. Do I have to make a 30? There it is. 30% discount. And so for a 30% discount, Peter Pigeon's Pidgeotoporium. If we don't have it, it is an average. And welcome back. And now with us, of course, Scrawn and Sublime here with me, we're going to talk about what is the news of the month, the 2017 rotation, which was casually, just merely casually announced during the U.S. Nationals as we were there. Um, and oh boy, is it a meta changing completely uh as you all probably already know the rotation was announced to be from primal clash onward this means that we're losing sets such as x and y base set the flash fire the furious fist phantom forces it is pretty pretty big because as we will discuss right now we're losing some giant players in today's meta so let's go ahead and start with our base set x and y sublime so some of the more major players that we're losing from X and Y base set are including uh, Greninja, X-Wipe Greninja, Trevenant, the one was in uh, top 8 at U.S. Nationals just mm-hmm. now, Aromatisse with its fairy transfer ability, um, and losing some really big items in roller skates, which could give you really explosive card draw on the, um, on the coin flip. And I think what's going to hit everyone pretty hard is losing Muscle Band. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a standard in every deck almost. Although since uh, Fighting Fury uh, Spirit Belt, Fighting Spirit Belt came out, which is the uh, tool that just gives ten damage but forty HP to any basic Pokemon, that has made Muscle Band be less used. Uh, the, never, nevertheless, it is still an amazing card. That Greninja leaving though from X and Y said that's pretty interesting. Uh, as we all know, it is. A card that is right now prevalent in the Greninja Break deck. Um, this is the card that you discard one energy from your hand and you do 30 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon. Uh, it's a great sniping tool. Uh, I'll hate losing it, although I must confess that I do prefer the newer Greninja. Uh, just because um, I like being able to ability luck. Uh, the first attack just costing, uh, costing one water, well, sorry, one colorless energy. Uh, item locks the opponent, and then it has zero retreat cost. Which no, it doesn't a- item lock, it just ability oh, sorry, locks. Ability lock is what I meant to say. And it has zero um, retreat cost, so I- it's easier to switch in your breaks to do more damage. Uh, I still hate this one, 
to go. But hey, times are changing. Mm-hmm. I'm personally sad about Aromatis. Oh yes, you are. Mm-hmm. My tell, my tell death. Aromatis has the ability Fairy Transfer, which lets you freely move around your Fairy Energies as much as you want before your attack. This allows great synergy with uh, stadiums like uh, Fairy Garden or items like Max Potion. Yeah, it was definitely... It is in the heart of the Fairy deck, uh, a deck that we all know is very close to your heart, uh, Scry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that this might make Goldark Break come to light more? Yes, definitely. I I do. I think know. that there's a niche. I think there's a niche to be filled. Uh, it is a second st- stage with the break, so it's going to be a bit tough. And it is a lot of slots. Like if you want a reliable source, you're going to need at least to run three Psyduck, three Golduck, and then two Break. That's mm-hmm. eight spots in a deck. I don't know. I think there will be decks showing it, but I don't think it'll be terribly prevalent. Yeah, the other option would be Archie's Ace in a Hole, which is the supporter that allows you to take any water Pokemon from your discard pile onto the um, the bench, and then you can just put the gold lock there and then evolve it to break. Of course, this comes with its challenge- challenges. Uh, it worked for Blastoise in the last year's Worlds 1. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean it works, works all the time. And also, we are losing a card that would be essential for that. Which we'll talk soon enough, which is Battle Compressor. Uh, any last wor- words on X and Y Basic before we move on? Uh, that Trevenant's a really big deal to be losing as well. Yeah. Um, that's Trevenant Break will still be in the format, but this is the Trevenant you played with it, not the Trevenant that came in uh, Breakpoint. Because this is the only Trevenant that gives you the item lock when it's at the active. So losing that, I don't think we're going to be seeing Trevenant Break any longer, which is mm-hmm. pretty sad. There's a really good deck. Yeah, I and I'm also yeah. I mourn for Aromatis as well because I loved my uh, Gardevoir Mega Gardevoir deck. No, for sure. Uh, these are cards that we're gonna hate to lose. Uh, we can only hope that they might re- get reprinted at some point. I mean, they reprinted N in a format where it's not Gen, <laughs> Gen Five, so anything mm-hmm. is possible. Uh, but we will not know soon enough. Moving on to the next one, we got Flash Fire, another. Definitely yeah. awesome set that brings a lot of awesome things and also is taking them away. Go ahead, yeah. uh, Scron, take over for you. Well, the first major player that we're losing is Pyroar. Yeah. Now, Py- what Pyroar does is it prevents any damage or effects of damage done by basic Pokemon to Pyroar, basically. And, well, that's called a t- Intimidating Main. Now, while I use a Pyroar deck, I don't use it in Standard. I use it in Expanded anyway, so I'm not terribly sad. But it's it's sad to see it go, though, you know? No, for sure. It is yeah. definitely very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pyroar is a Pokemon that definitely needed Muscle Band to operate as well. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like two things you're losing. I don't, we're, we're not going to be seeing... No. Well, no. obviously not going to be seeing it because it's rotating. Uh, we've got Dragalgy, uh, we've got Miltank. As a note, this is the uh, Dragalgy that Thatch said was not good on Poke, <laughs> on the Poke of the episode about two episodes ago in Poke Podcast. So is this the one that puts additional poison counter damage on? No, this, um, no, this locks your opponent from retreating if they're yeah. poisoned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a great card, great tech card. Uh, that, uh, of course, uh, said it wasn't. They don't know what they do. Forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> no, that, that's one, a limited tournament, let me tell you. I don't know what fluke in the laws of physics had to happen for that to happen, but it happened. So, <laughs> anyway, continue, Scron. We've got Miltank. I believe this is the powerful friend. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh. I've seen good decks with this. I've yeah, seen, it's uh, so easy to play. It's mm -hmm. Butterfree, right? Right, Buttermilk was the deck. Buttermilk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it in my Superior deck right now, because mm -hmm. Superior you can get out turn one. And Greninja. Yeah. And Miltank's a good cheap attacker. And Greninja, yeah, it's good in a lot of decks, so it's, yep. it's just not a, especially prevalent, but it's... Well, it's a... Yeah. 100 HP basic Pokemon that attacks with one energy, and that attack says powerful friendship, or powerful friends, and if it's you have a stage 2 Pokemon in your bench, it, at uh, it attacks for a total of 80 damage. Put on a muscle band, and you're doing 100 damage for one energy. It's <laughs> that's nothing to laugh at. As mm -hmm. always, Miltank is an expert of us going, haha, look at how funny it looks, and then Proceeds to murder us immediately, <laughs> as we all can Don't remember from the... Gen Four or Gen Three, Gen yep. Two. What was the gym Don't, with the mill tank? Uh, it was Gen Two, Golden oh, yeah, Rod yeah. City. There we go. Thank gen you. Two, yeah, uh, they introduced Toros Gen One. I think Gen Two. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, next one is Blacksmith, and this is a very, very important part of many fire decks. Very, very important. It this weakens fire Pokemon once again. Because Blacksmith was a must in every single fire uh, deck. I would say a 4 of if you played a fire deck, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, remind us Sublime, what did it do? Blacksmith, uh, worth noting, it's a supporter card, so you can only play one per turn. You attach two fire energy from your discard pile to any of your fire Pokemon. Yeah, definitely, definitely one amazing It was card. the best energy acceleration the type had. And it's really sad because the type was just like coming into its own with um, Steam Siege coming out for a lot of fire support as well. So it had all of this energy acceleration it didn't previously have, all existing at the same time. And right before we get that, Blacksmith is leaving the format, which is really going to hammer um, the effect um, effectiveness of fire type decks. I think this is a card we'll see the printed in future sets. I really hope so. Totally agree with you, Scron. I this yeah. is if I would bet money, which I don't do, on one card from this set being reprinted, it's Blacksmith. Yep. For sure. Uh, Scrum, please continue. We've got Startling Megaphone! Ooh, and this is very important. <laughs> uh, any tool cards attached to your opponent's Pokemon just come off whenever you use this item. Nothing more to be said. It's mainly used to prevent, like, spirit links and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megaband. Yeah, it shuts down Garbodor, Garbodor is the big thing. Because mm -hmm. we're uh, also losing... Actually, we are losing every single um, card in the format that gets rid of tools. Yes. It's this thing, Zerosic, from Phantom Forces. So, basically, if a Garbodor gets set up with its ability, you cannot shut it down by removing its um, tool at this moment. Which so, expect a big resurgence scary. in Garbodor. That is scary. I'm excited for it, because Garbodor hasn't been very effective lately, so I'm glad for it to have another moment. I am glad, too, <laughs> but I am also terrified. I mean, the deck I'm constructing right now, right? A Greninja Break, which I'm loving every second of it, 
Garbador's down. I can't get rid of those tools. I become useless. I can't do anything about it unless I... That's true. It I, really shuts down a lot of prominent yeah. decks. Yeah, unless I go ahead and Lysander it and try to kill it directly, which is a waste of a Lysander. Uh, and it's a waste of attacks, turns, to be able to get rid of it. So it is... It's making Garbador just that much more powerful. You know, I really like what the Pokemon company did with Garbador. You know, this is a Pokemon that people look at and say, oh, that Pokemon's garbage. Literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they make one of the best Pokemon cards of it so that you can't just ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's really just, excuse my language, uh, never mind, I won't say it. It's a slap <laughs> to the face to anyone who did not like Gen 5 Pokemon. Yeah. One of the things that I do love about the TCG is that it makes me love Pokemon that otherwise I had no love for them. Uh, <laughs> and one clear example of this was um, Manectric and his Mega Evolution, Mega Manectric. Before me getting back into the TCG... I would, it's a triangle! <laughs> it, yeah, it's just like, this is so ridiculous. I don't like this Pokemon. Uh, I never liked Manectric to start, and then Mega Manectric looks it, ridiculous. And then comes Mega Manectric EX, and it's an amazing card, and now I, it's one of my favorite Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, it's weird. So, but finishing off, Gron, go ahead with the last card. Do you think it's uh, prominent that we're losing? Oh, you're going to be sad about this one. Oh, it's yeah. Sacred Ash. Oh, yeah. There goes Greninja. Well, not we yeah. do have Super Rod back That's in rotation, though, so it's yeah. not that bad. So we got, uh, we definitely got um, Super Rod. It is uh, more verse first style than uh, Sacred Ash because Sacred Ash is grabbing just Pokemon, while um, Super Rod is grab any three in any combination of energies or Pokemon. Basic energies or Pokemon. Exactly. So. Uh, I, w- I did prefer to use Secret Ash because in a Greninja deck, there's, you have a thousand ways of getting energy back. It was the Pokemon that was the problem. Uh, so in that case, I would have just taken a whole line of Greninjas plus two more Pokemon, get him back on my deck. So, mm, Super Rod, even though technically is a better card in particular Greninja deck, Sacred Ash would, is better. But hey, I'm not complaining. At least I can still. Yeah, the deck yeah. still lives on exactly. thanks to Super Rod at least. So that's mm-hmm. flash fire. Any last thoughts on what we're losing? Any any mentions? Honorable mentions? This is one of my favorite sets. I'm sad to see it go, but we gotta move on. It definitely is. I mean, many of these uh uh are getting reprinted in in terms of the uh ba- the starter the Canto starters. Uh, we've already had uh Venusaur EX, Blastos EX, Charizard EX being reprinted. Uh, but we are losing other versions of it, so it's pretty sad. But as life, we have to move on to Furious Fist. And this one, this Wait, one hurt. allow me to give an intro. Oh, go ahead. It's the man. It's the myth. It's the legend. Seismitoad. Da da da. Da 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 da. Okay, here he is. It's Seismitoad. Sorry, yes. I had. No, no worries. <laughs> Furious Fist. Uh. Wow, so many good cards in this set, and everything is going away, and it's kind of sad. Yeah. My voice is breaking. Um, so mainly, Seismitory EX, who's been a constant major player in the game since its release, uh, mostly infamously before because of uh, Lysander's trump card. We all remember, we all hate, we still have PTSD about it. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh! Yeah. So we're say those names. <laughs> we're gonna definitely lose Seismic Terror, which we already covered a lot. So moving on, we're also gonna lose, and I didn't put this down, but I'm mentioning now, Dedene was also a great tech, little tech card, which was good to taking down Ivelta EXs. Uh, Dedene had an attack, which basically is, uh, does 20 damage plus any energy on the opponent's Pokemon. Um, the active Pokemon. So it would eat one, one KO, uh, Ivelta EXs because it was, uh, weak against electric and had a lot of energies attached to it because of what it does. So that's a nice little tech. We're losing as well both Lucario EX and Mega Lucario EX. Of course, Lucario EX saw a lot more play than Mega Lucario. Uh, this was the last set they produced before uh, Mega Evolutions had Spirit Links, correct. so Mega Lucario EX never really got the chance to shine. Mm-mm, you have to obligatory lose a turn to be able to right. it, and that in TCG is a big no-no. Um, Although, like, the spirit of Lucario EX is sort of, like, being passed on to Zygarde EX. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, that type of deck that just focused on, like, four Lucario EX will, like, continue to exist. It's just going to use Zygarde instead. Correct. And speaking of fighting Pokemon, Halucha, which I love Halucha. Halucha was the definition of underdog the car, um, in card form. Tell us about it a little bit, Sublime. Um, so, Halucha was able to, uh, attack EX Pokemon for 60 damage for one energy, mm-hmm. and ignored resistance and weaknesses, so it was really successful just as a one-of or two-of in fighting-type decks for only costing one prize, only costing one energy to attack to do really massive damage to a lot of EX Pokemon in the format because of how much support fighting-types had, so if you attached a strong energy muscle band fighting stadium... You could one or two shot a lot of EXs for le- very little um, effort, effort, and you'd win the prize trade-off as well, since it only cost one prize. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love Halucha a lot. And speaking of support, we are losing almost every single support for fighting in this set. We're losing Corina, which is, of course, a supporter that allows you to search for any fighting-type Pokemon in your discard. I'm sorry, in your deck. No, in your deck. So, in the, yeah, in your deck. And also any tools, if I'm not mistaken? I, uh, any item, I thought. Yeah. Which was a great... It was a Ford off in every fighting deck. We're losing that. We're also losing Fighting Stadium, which was the stadium that also gave an extra 20 damage to all of your fighting Pokemon. Uh, Against only EX, though. Worth noting. Yeah. Uh, so, definitely another very sad uh, card to see gone. Of course, we did get our reprint of strong energy, so we are not losing that at least, but we are losing- And you still have Scorched Earth for your energy deck, um, stadium. Correct. And so, but we are losing Muscle Band, uh, so again, the trade-off is there. I don't think that necessarily fighting types are dead now, but it is going to be an uphill battle for them once again. Another card we're losing is Focus Sash, which we all know is a very important fighting deck as well. Uh, so it's really sad to see it go. Um, I think those are really the main players from Furious Fist. Any last words? Uh, just another card we're losing that was really good for fighting decks was the basic Landorus that could do energy acceleration. So I'm sad oh, to see yeah. that go as well. That is going, yeah, that is pretty mm-hmm. sad. That was a great card as well. Scrawn. 
Any last, uh... Nope, I hated this set. Get it out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So moving on to the other set that we're losing, uh, Sublime. And may I, may I just say beforehand? Yeah. Thank Arceus. <laughs> in fact, no, let's go ahead and use crime. Tell us about what we lose in <laughs> Phantom Forces. I'm just gonna skip to the best part. We've got Joltik. <laughs> we've got Lampent. We've got Pumpkaboo, and to ring it all up, we've got Battle Compressor and Dimension Valley! Every single important part of Night March! Gone! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> that is the whole of Night March right there. The only mm. thing left from this to make it like Night March is completely dead is if, for whatever reason, Double Colorless Energy was part of this set. Because <laughs> that's basically all that is left after you take mm. away all the things you just mentioned. Yeah. It is very sad, very sad to see Battle Compressor go. Not Night March. Don't miss him to burn me. I, mm -hmm. I love Night March and now ended up hating it. Uh, but Battle Compressor is, it pains me to see it go because it's such an incredible and important card in our meta in every single deck. The combination of it with VS Seeker is something that we can never, uh, we can never get enough of. And now yeah. we're gonna have to. Um, but Scrong, what else do we lose in this set? Well, um, we're losing the Manectric EXs along with the Mega Evolution. Yep, which um, I mentioned one of my uh, cards, yeah. We're losing one of my personal favorite supporters, which is AZ. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're also losing, uh, Crobat, which is, very, very sad. Uh, wow. get that, no more of that damage. We still have Golbat, though, oddly yeah, enough. Now, this is very interesting. So, we got both Golbat and Subat reprinted in Generations, mm -hmm. but Crobat is nowhere to be found. And we know for a fact that a Crobat break is coming, but we have no Crobat. So, do you guys think that Crobat might be reprinted, or maybe they just... Of course. Oh, if a Crobat just... break is... It's going to be in the same set as the Crobat, Crobat Break. Yeah, I know. Sure. What I mean is, would this... Will they reprint it or make a new one? Correct. Oh, hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. It's an interesting I think, one. I think they'll reprint it, though. Yeah. I think so, too. I mean, why why change a good thing right now, right? If you reprinted the Crobat, why not just the Crobat and just do it? You don't know. Um, some important players that we didn't mention... I really think that Malamar EX is an important one that we're losing. For the longest time, well not for the longest time, it was just for like a, a, a period of about one or two sets, it was either a one-of choice between this, between Malamar EX or Hoopa EX as a support Pokemon. No, and it's a great card as a tech, as you mentioned, and it's making really good synergy. Right now there was a Flareon deck that was going around, the Flareon EX from Generations, which the Pokemon ability is ironically fire, uh, flash fire is, uh, take one fire energy from any of your Pokemon and attach it to Flareon. Um, so the, people would put Flareon in the active, put Malamar in the bench, attach the fire energy to Malamar, activate its sleep ability. So the Pokemon, the opponent's Pokemon is asleep. And then with Flareon, just move it on to Flareon so he could attack with it. Yeah. So it, it, it's an interesting deck that, uh, it's going around. Uh, but Malamar, of course, is 
moving out. Um, it had nice synergy with uh, Aromatis as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I would play it in a fairy deck uh, with Mega Gardevoir. I'd play one or two Malamari Eggs. Mm-hmm. I ended up going the Hoopa route just to get my Shamans, you know, but it was worth a mention. And of course, in terms of trainers, what do we lose? We haven't mentioned, I think, the biggest non-Night March Pokemon, actually, which is Bronzong. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. we haven't. Which is big. Big that we lost Bronzong. Uh, talk about it a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, um, I really liked all of the metal decks you could make, and all of the decks that Bronzong made possible, because it had um, Metal Links, which was an ability where you could attach metal energy to your um, benched Pokemon from the discard pile. So, so many decks relied on getting energy acceleration that way, and that's going to be gone. And they, we just got the Genesec EX, which um, Sublime hates with all his hearts. I don't hate, it's just not great. <laughs> But it it's is- definitely taking a big hit with Bronzong leaving, though, yeah. right? Like, we actually lost a lot of metal support with this set. We're losing yeah. Steel Shelter. We're losing the Dialga EX. We're losing the Aegislash EX. So, like, mm-hmm. metal used to be a viable deck, and I don't think it's going to be after Phantom Forces rotates out. And I think it's also, it's, it's, we're looking at this, and I'm going, hmm, it's just like, don't know what you got till it's gone. Phantom Forces was an amazing set, and it brought us so many cards. That is right now constant in the meta, and now that it's leaving, you really feel the the uh, the hit that we're losing all of these amazing cards. We haven't still mentioned that we're losing Sarosek, although we didn't mention it before. Uh, meaning that we there's no way of taking out tools, right? And we cannot take special energies out as well with it. We're losing still shelter, as you mentioned, jamming net. Head Ringer, which are the tools that you could attach to your opponent's Pokemon, not only ev- uh, uh, avoiding them from impeding them from attaching their own tools, but also doing whatever it is they're, they're doing to the opponent. Um, we're losing a lot of amazing cards. Uh, we did we did this with X and Y, but we didn't do it with Flash Fire and Furious Fist. So let's go back a little bit from Flash Fire. If any of these cards are going to get reprinted. Which one would you, it's your money on? Oh, we already said Black Blacksmith. Smith. Sorry, for Flash mm-hmm. Fire. So Furious Fist is the one we didn't do. Which one do you guys think it's going to get reprinted from there? If there's one card that's going to uh, get reprinted, which one it is? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we'll see a Focus Sash again sometime. Me too. Maybe Fighting Stadium? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking I, Karina. Maybe. maybe well, with Skylab, they probably might not want it. Well, that's true. Like, Karina was just a better Skyla, so since Skyla exists, they might not want to make an inherently better card of something already in the format. That is true. And of course, back to Phantom Forces, if there's one card, what it is, and I think us three would choose the same one. Battle Compressor? Battle Compressor. I'm really sad about to mention Valley 2, though, because that was a really creative card. I don't think they'll actually reprint Battle Compressor because it was a Team Flare gear. True. So my money's on Dimension Valley. Yeah, I mean, we say that, but again, both Skyler and You gotta let go, Jashiro. You gotta (laughs) let go. I can't. I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good card. Okay, so we're almost done. Um, There's one more thing that is getting um, rotated out, and those are the Black Star promos. These promos are the ones that are come in tins or boxes. Those um that you buy that includes pins and jumbo cards and all that. 
those are also getting rotated out. Honestly, we're not losing anything. Wow. Uh, all of these cards are considered to be meh at, at best. Uh, but it's worth mentioning, uh, we're gonna lose Charizard EX, Chestnut EX, Dalfox, Greninja EX, uh, Champion Festival, Metagross, Mega, uh, Mega Megacross EX, and Trevor. Uh, none of which is important, but we're losing them as well. So, that's it for the rotation. These are all the cards that are gonna get, um, we're no longer gonna have. We're no longer gonna be able to use in today's meta. It is a big hit. So, any last ideas, any last words for these sets? Goodbye, Nightmark, my old friend. <laughs> I will never miss you again. <laughs> well, be sublime. Um, I just look forward to seeing what's going to be more successful without these sets. Mm -hmm. um, definitely Garboder and decks that don't rely on ability, so I expect Eveltal Garbodor to come back. Yep, same here. So that's it. We're going to go to a small break, and when we come back, we're going to tackle the emails. See you guys in a bit. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of confusion in your basement or attic? Have you or your family ever seen a pumpkaboo, haunter, or ghastly? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Ghost, Ghost, Ghost catchers. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your ghost-type elimination needs. We're, we're ready, ready to, to, relieve to relieve you. And we're back, everybody, again to episode 10 of the Puckle TCG cast. And now we're on to the mailbag. And we have uh, two emails this time around. Thank you, readers, for sending your uh, mail. <laughs> so, go ahead, Scron. Start with the first one. Uh, this is from Pokemon Crossroads. It's a... It's a hey, Presumably <laughs> Mikey. Hello, Mikey. We met Mikey at uh, U.S. Nationals. At PokéCon, yes, we did. <laughs> All right. That's, uh... There it goes. Hey, guys. I would like to get my thoughts in about the rotation announcement. I am excited to hear that this year's rotation will be Primal Clash on, because this means that Night March and other things like Toad and Battle Compressor will be gone from the format. Though I think that this format will not matter... This rotation will not matter in the future. The reason I am saying this is because I feel like this, we may not be without these cards for long. This will be due to two things, premium champion pack and regionals. Currently, we haven't had an English release date for what would be the premium champion set, but in that set, a lot of cards such as Bronzong, Zorosic, Toad, and Night March were reprinted. The English TCG tend to re release a reprint set every 11 sets and or right before a new generation. Some examples include Legendary Treasures, Call of Legends, and EX Power Keepers. We have also not heard anything about any new set that will come out in Japan after Steam Siege, so I am predicting we will see an English Champion set by November. Oh, you know how to dash my hopes and dreams. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Going on. We also have Regionals, which would most likely be in the Expanded format. If that is the case, then the majority of the players will be practicing with Expanded format decks, which include Night Mar March and Toad variants. By the time we get to playing the Primal Clash on uh, Standard Format, it will be in November. If that is the case, then it will be when our set after Steam Steve's will be released. Now, if that set is the English equivalent of Champion set, then we will have Night March, Solistic, and the others back in time for Cities in November. That will leave us with only two weeks to play in the post-world Standard Primal Clash on Format that everyone is excited for. Now, what I am saying could all become moot if one of two things happen. The first thing that could happen is that Japan will announce their next set that isn't Sun and Moon base set. 
The second thing that could happen is Pokemon announcing regionals will be using the Primal Clash on format. Personally, I'd rather go for the second op option, but I, I am not a big fan of Expanded, even though it let me use Plasma Kling Kling, but I could live without it. Hopefully I am wrong, but only time will tell. Foot flops and steel loving Mikey. P.S. It was fun to see you all at Nationals. Got to do it again. Oh, for sure, Mikey. Thank you so much for writing, and thank you so much uh, to hang with us over there at Nationals and PuckleCon. Uh, and he's completely right. We still have that reprint set that's coming up. We don't necessarily know what is going to be available to us. Uh, as I was talking to my co-host here yesterday when we tried our first attempt in recording, we actually thought that Steam Siege would include Karen, which we all know is the Nightmarch killer. But in reality, it's apparently not. Um, we're going to have Pokemon Ranger which does put a damper into Seismitoad EX, but we won't be receiving Karen until later on, unknown which set. So Night March will be still a strong presence at words. Um, but we are hopeful. I am really hopeful <laughs> that we do get Sorosic back at the very least, uh, because we need to get rid of those tools. Uh, but let's move on to the next mailbag. Um, Sublime, take over. Sure, and this email is coming from Starlord, who writes, Greetings, Jashiro and esteemed, and esteemed co-hosts. I am a huge fan of the TCG cast. I was so happy when you guys started it, and I love what you've done so far. The TCG holds a special place in my heart, because unlike so many others, that's how I was introduced to Pokemon. I got the base set starter box with the Hollow Machamp for Christmas one year, and the rest is history. I remember I never, mm, I never played the actual game when I was younger, because none of my friends knew the actual rules, and all were unwilling to have me as their teacher. I stopped collecting around this uh, time for the around EX Sandstorm set because of this, and dedicated my love to the video games for several years. Uh, fast forward to 2014, I was working at a large retail store that I will leave unnamed. One day, I decided to check out the Pokemon card station in the toys department, because why not? I saw the Furious Fist Elite Trainer Box with Mega Lucario on it, and I had to have it. I pulled a full art Lucario X and the gold trim Mega Heracross from the packs within. A few months later, I found myself pulled into a new group of friends who were way more into the Pokemon than any friends I've had before, and they got me back into playing the TCG, and now I have no money. Yeah, True cool. story. <laughs> True <laughs> Not as story. much as my friends from Canada. Um, anyway. Shout out to 10 Little Men and Woody. And Woody. Anyway, that's a brief history of my involvement with the TCG. Now to the meat. I decided to write you guys after watching the U.S. Nationals on Twitch. Watching all those super high-level players made me want to be the very best like no one ever was, and I have since found a league near me so that I can start participating more with the Pokemon community. Good. That being said, I don't really have a competitive level deck. The recent announcement of the new rotation to take place in a few months has left me with a few questions that I figured would be perfect to pose to the one and only Puckle TCG cast. First off, what are your opinions on where they decided to make the break? You've probably answered that already in this podcast, so I'll move on to my second. I think I read somewhere that the expanded format will still be in place for TCG events. Is this true? Why is there even a standard distinction? Where will that come into play besides on the TCGO? Uh, thanks for your expert opinions. I am always waiting on tender hooks to see if I will have to retire my beloved Lucario EX before I even get a chance to use him in a sanctioned event. Sorry for the ridiculously long email. I have definitely put off writing in far um in for far too long. Hope to have some friendly matches on PTCGO in the future. My username is the um not sure if I should share that. Uh I would. I mean it's Puckle. Okay. 
All lowercase, number one, Luigi. And that is the literal number one. Yeah, Adam, if you guys want to have friendly batches with uh, Star-Lord, go ahead and add him. I'll add him right now. Thanks so much, the legendary Star-Lord. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we dashed his hopes and dreams we this time. We did. So, take, uh, I think his first question, even though it, we did definitely reference, I don't. I think it's specific as to why they did it. I don't have an answer as to why they decided to do Primal Clash onwards. Uh, some might say it's to destroy Night March, but then again, we might have Night March back, uh, although not full forced. Um, well, in terms of thematics, I think the reason they did that is because there's a set released every three months or so, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're rotating once a year, you should rotate four sets out, which is what they rotated. And then also, Primal Clash is the uh, set that starts with Oras being like yeah. its centerpiece instead of X and Y. Correct. So they cut out all of everything before Oras was released. Mm-hmm. So it's thematic in that way to cut off the oldest uh, series of games into the most recent in anticipation of Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think that's definitely the reason that there. Um, and of course, uh, his second question goes, well, there's expanded and standard, and uh, if expanded is going on some events, why the stand? Uh, I'm sorry, expanded, why standard? So they decided to go with regionals being expanded to pretty much move the game around, right? If you have every single event, and remember, Pokemon TCG, just like the video game, it has a lot of events throughout the year. It has cities, it has your regular store, local store tournaments. It has the regionals, it has the nationals, it has the world. So they decided to change things up and expand the meta to make these regionals expanded, just to add another flavor to it, if you will. Um, the, it is the ma- uh, major distinction in which the meta around an expanded is a little bit more complicated. There's so many sets involved. You have to know what so many cards do. It's really hard to prepare yourself compared to standard, which is a much close, uh, close amount of sets. You know what's going on. You can study to see what's going on as a good decks in those standards. It's a little bit better to um, prepare to. Think about it like those... Um, Tears in Smogon, right? The overuse, overuse, and all such. Uh, you can, if you go through those rules, you are better at be able to predicting what your opponent does or going to use based on that meta. It's the same with the TCG. Of, of course, expanded makes it a little bit difficult. What do you guys think? Well, it's also important to have rotations too because yeah. um, if you're getting into the game, just as how you're describing, you jumped in around Furious Fists. Like, it's really daunting to start, try to make a competitive deck out of so many sets. Mm-hmm. Especially if they are going further back, they're much more hard to come by, and the cards from it can be more expensive. So it's really valuable to have rotations to make it easier to jump in for newer players. So actually, if you're really interested in jumping back into events, now is the time to do so. Yes, it is. It definitely is now the time. What do you think, Scrum? I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> you guys haven't said anything I don't agree with. Awesome. So that's it. No more emails. Thank you so much, Star Lord. Thank you so much, Mikey from uh, Mikey from Crossroads, for emailing in and let us know. Normally, this would be the part where I would immediately say, "Get ready for Pokemon twenty questions or fifteen questions," but we are unable to do it today uh, due to uh, some technical issues, of course. And uh, this is the second time we try to record this, so 
we're gonna have to move on but it will come back in some shape or form in our next episode and i might even introduce a brand new game so definitely look out for that of course like always thank you so much for listening to uh to us here if you want please go ahead go to our uh, follow us on twitter at Puggle podcast please go to our facebook and like us there we have our own subreddit at the dash uh puckle we got a tumblr and of course if you can go to itunes rate us give us what your honest opinion hopefully it's uh five stars and up uh and just let us know what you think and if you want and you have that little extra income please go to our patreon and support us there every cent every polka dollar that goes into that goes directly back to the community to making not only our shows better but also the community so none of us see that money it all goes back to you guys and of course you can join us in our discussions by coming and hanging out with us at pucklepodcast.com we got two monthly chat box meetups which are awesome we always go it is very fun please join us scron thank you so much for being here with us today always a pleasure and keep on being as evil as you are. Sublime, thank you so much for being us with us today. Always a pleasure as well. Love to be here. Of course. And thank you guys for tuning in until our next episode. Remember to always keep on TCG. Of course, now it's close. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody leave your seat. Because now is where the best part of the episode starts. I got with me the one, the only, Paul Johnston, the third place winner in the U.S. National Pokemon Championships. Uh, or ask me, you might know him right now as Mr. Lysander. Uh, Paul, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Miguel? I am doing good. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here and giving us the pleasure of this interview. It it's really is. You're welcome. So let's just start right there. Tell us about yourself, uh, Paul. You're essentially now one of U.S. Elite Four. You can have that bragging light. I mean, <laughs> if you were any of them, you will be uh, Lance. Uh, when did it all start? How did you get in? Tell us about your story. Yeah, um, so I've been playing the game competitively, or I've been involved with Pokemon for 17 years at least. Um, been with the game since 1999, when the game first started in the U.S., um, I got involved with Pokemon at first when I saw a commercial done by Wizards of the Coast who used to have the license to Pokemon. Right. And I got really excited when I saw the commercial on TV and I like told my dad, like, hey, like, let's go to a local Wizards of the Coast store and buy some, a theme deck and like some booster packs or whatever that get me started because I was like so interested in like what it was Your like. Your father didn't know what he was getting into now. Exactly. <laughs> and so I got to the store, uh... Brian early, right right before the stores opened. And the employee who was there um, that was helping me out was actually the league leader um, at that location. And she was super helpful. She gave me some tips on, like, what, like, some products I needed to buy to get situated and, like, get ready. And then she told me about, like, Pokemon League. And I was like, oh, what is that? And she told me a little bit more. And I came back for, like, Pokemon League. And everyone there was, like, super helpful. I think I met one, like, the very few youngest people that were there at the time. Um, but I was just impressed with the community already, and then I went to my first tournament a year later or so, and got second place with Haymaker. Oh, wow. 
So you, yeah, you got some inborn talent there. Yeah, um, and I didn't know like what was on the line, um, and after <laughs> I did well, um, and I was like happy regardless of how I did. But after finding out like what first place got was a free trip to New York and to play like the next level tournament. Wow, and this is your second year. Uh, that was like my first year, but I didn't first get first year. Trip. Okay, but I didn't get the trip because I oh, got. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I had a blast regardless, and I think that's kind of why I got into Pokemon competitively. Wow, and you haven't left since, right? Correct. I only wow. took a four-year break when I was mm-hmm. in college, but my friends uh, from my team, uh, Team X-Files, they still got me involved to go to some tournaments. Um, there was one time they asked me to come to a regionals or a states-level tournament, and I didn't have any cards, and I like looked up like what the meta was like. And I was like, can you just build me this deck? And I think it was Regigigas, level X at the time. Oh, yeah. Or Kindra. I forget which one it was. And I got second place with it. <laughs> like, That's okay. fantastic. That truly is. And it comes to show that it's really, even if you leave, you can always, there's always room to just jump right in. Exactly. So, of course, now you're in Elite Four. You're one of the uh, U.S. top competitors. And right now, you're quite a sensation online. Uh, because the Pokemon community has basically seen you win one of your top matches with the use of just one card, Lysander. Yeah. Uh, how have you been dealing with that? I mean, it's a sensation. I've already seen the memes. They're great. Uh, you <laughs> basically Lysander your opponent into submission, and it was great. I've seen the video multiple times already, and I laugh every time. Tell us about that, and, and tell us about your experience with that. It still feels surreal, um, like, just thinking about that match, like, breaking it down um, when I was there, and then I rewatched the stream videos when I came back home for Nationals, and I just still can't believe, like, how it happened. Um, game one, I think, I legitimately, he could have won, uh, mm-hmm. Fred uh, Hobson, I believe is his last name, he I had know. a chance um, at a game one just because he had one or two DCs left, but I can't remember the number of cards he had left in his deck. Yeah, because I could have end him, and he might have actually decked out um, mm-hmm. based on like the ratio of cards in his hand and his deck. Um, but in the end, I think he's good prematurely. But I think he was just slightly tilted in the sense like he couldn't get the float stones, and he discarded his yeah. two AZs, and so things just didn't go his way. And then game two, like I just started double Lysan, and then I had to top deck a Pokemon, and then I just did. <laughs> I just it's just been mind boggling, and it's. I mean, even Jay Wits was going crazy about yeah. it. Uh, because it is, it's when you see the game, it's, it's not only a great play, but also, uh, very fun to watch because like you said, in your first, it was kind of trivial that he gave up because he could have continued, but I think maybe he thought, well, I'll probably not win this. So I'll probably have more time on the second one, right? So he just scooped up, uh, but that second one and something I wanted to bring up was the fact that almost no one, as far as I know, carries two Lysanders. Because, well, via Seekers, you can just reach it, but mm-hmm. you have to. So, that's very interesting. You kind of knew deep down that you were going to need that second <laughs> one, I assume, it's because you were preparing for item lock. Yeah, and I also thought, like, having two Lysanders was just um, useful all around, because I didn't want to rely on my via Seekers too much, and I didn't run Battle Compressor, so I thought the use of having Lysanders was just so important to have, regardless, um, and it just happened to pay off. Oh, no, for sure. And for all the listeners or Pocolonians over there, please go ahead and see the video in YouTube. It's a lot of fun, and it's definitely a, a game of the year. 
uh, as they say. Uh, but now let's talk about, obviously, you won because of one card, but obviously it wasn't a flu. We all saw it just expertly done. And mm-hmm. that comes to, let's talk about your deck. You decided to, uh, to tackle the U.S. Nationals using your own version of the Water Toolbox deck. Could you yeah. explain to our listeners, because we have many new uh, players uh, that are just getting in into the, the TCG, how it works, what's the basic premise around it? And more importantly, what made you decide to take this deck to Nationals? Yeah, um, so Water Toolbox is a combination of the attackers, mainly focusing on Water Attackers, um, which is Seismento DX, um, which uses Quake and Punch, um, and it's a really cheap attack. Um, it requires just two colorless energies. Of course, it, uh, Quake and Punch will be the item-locking attack for Seismento DX. Yeah, um, so the idea is that he uses like, Water Energies, and you, only, you don't run any DCEs in this deck, just so... You're not vulnerable to Zero Sig or Enhanced Hammer or Jirachi that uses Stardust, like the promo card. Mm-hmm. Um, so you use, like, Max Elixirs, Energy Attachments, and Energy Switch is the idea to try and, like, power it up as quick as possible. And then with that, you can use Grid um, Hammer eventually down the road once you kind of get set up with a, a stable board. And that way you can start doing, like, massive damage rather than just, like, 30 to 40 damage, depending if you have a Fear Belt attached. Mm-hmm. Or now you can do, like, 130 to 140 instead. Um, and the idea is you want to, like, switch between Seismito DXs um, to keep them fresh, like, to re- to prevent your opponent from taking prizes. So you can, like, use your stadium called Rest Seas, which heals 30 damage from all your water and lightning Pokemon. So my attackers are all water Pokemon, so the idea is you try and, like, switch between Seismitoads and you heal them slowly, um, and you're, you just kind of prevent your opponent from doing anything. Um, and you have Mana VX that has an ability... That gives all your Pokemon that has a water energy attached to it free retreat. So that is the idea, like how you can switch um, between attackers. Yeah, no, and uh, as the name suggests, of course, water toolboxes because water has so much support right now. Like you, you can basically build something around it, and it has perfect synergy. Yeah, and so, you uh, go ahead. Oh, and you can run like a variety of attackers, like uh, Articuno and Regice um, and Glaceon EX, and then you have your supporting Pokemon like Hoopa EX and Shaman EX to kind of like give you um, a variety of stuff you can do during your turns um, in attackers. And the main reason why I chose this deck going to Nationals was I felt I didn't really test Water Toolbox at all until I got to Nationals when I oh, wow okay, <laughs> uh, but it was. It was one of my deck choices for some reason. I just felt like it was just really consistent. Um, it had even matchups across the board, um, which is a few with a few bad matchups, depending on what I face up against. Like, Vespuquen Vileplume was going to be really hard just because of the weakness. Um, but I think going into like a really big tournament like Nationals, and it happened to be the biggest tournament in Pokemon history. Ooh, yes, uh, a lot of fun it was. Yeah, I just thought it was important to choose a deck that had that was going to be fine no matter, like, what deck you face against. And with the plethora, like, the rounds you might have to face, like, nine rounds at least for day one. And if I move on to day two, that's six more rounds. So I want to make sure I choose a deck that, like, does well enough um, where I can use my skill sets to advance me further into day two if I get to that point. And then if I do, then I can hopefully do well enough at, um, in addition in the next six rounds to then make top eight, which I happen to do. And it pay off. I mean, you took that deck and you surfed with it all the way to top three. 
Uh, yeah. And that is definitely quite impressive. Now, the only time I, I in top that I know that you eventually lost was against Nick Robinson, the champion. Night March uh, Vesta Queen deck, of course, which you just mentioned is a weakness because Sesmentoid is weak to grass. Um, looking back, how do you feel that could have been better? Maybe there's some planes you mistook or not. How do you think there would have been something you could have done to uh, prevent or change that outcome? Um, I did think about, in general, switching my Glaceoni X to Aegislash EX. Um, and that was mainly for the Vespican Bioplan matchup, because I know they don't really run Hex at all, because that's kind of intuitive to their strategy. Um, the other thing I wasn't quite sure is if they would run one copy of Silent Lab, if they didn't run any basic energies, um, just that way they don't all lose to Aegislash EX because of its ability. Um... But it might have been slightly helpful in the Night March Vespican matchup, just kind of like force them to hex um, rather than using a supporter if in case I had it up. But against Nick, he played it well. It was just unfortunate for me that I started with Hoopa to, uh, game one, and I literally had nothing in my hand, like nothing going for me. I had double ice hander. Um, <laughs> of course. It was Signature a good matchup to use it. Um, it did buy me a turn or two, but I just couldn't draw out of it. And then. Game two, like, my plan worked out because I tested the matchup last night, and my plan was to, like, quick and punch him out of the game for a while, build up a board with, like, two Seismatoidy Xs, maybe an Articuno, if I can, or another Pokemon that has one or two energy that I can eventually energy switch off of to then put on Articuno, and then eventually break lock, and then start grenade hammering, like, on a Shaman, and then hopefully just be ahead on the prize trades, like, no matter what he does, even though I broke lock with um, item lock with quick and punch. And then game three... Um, I think, looking back, I could have done this a little bit differently, even though I started with Hoopa, which un- which was unfortunate. I did. I was trying to be a little bit greedy with my Lysander in my hand, because I was like, I need a lot of parts, just even though I didn't have Hoopa anymore, because I started with it. Um, I was just so focused on the Lysander instead of just going for the Sycamore, because um, I had Fire and Fury Belt um, in my hand, so I could have gone for a Seismatose, so the Shaman with my Ultra Ball at first, and then Sycamore. But I was trying to be too greedy with my Lysander to then Shaman, then hopefully just draw into everything I needed. Um, but it just it didn't go my way, and then after I Sycamore, it like just went downhill because I had nothing to support my hand because I just drew no supporters, no Via Seeker. Yeah, no, and of course, like the video game itself and every other trading card, luck has a lot to do with it. And if you have a bad start, not only you have to beat your opponent, you have to beat the circumstances in which you start. And if you start with a hoop, you're already losing. Yeah. But you took it to three games. So that's yeah. quite impressive. Uh, definitely quite impressive uh, in that. So congratulations in that. Thank you. And of course, Nationals are done. That's done and passed. Things in the past. And now you have set your sights to World Championship down in San Francisco. How do you feel? How confident are you? I feel good. Um, going into Nationals, I only had a day one invite with 395 points. Oh, wow. And then uh, somehow, when I just made top four or third place at Nats, I scored another 300 points, and that got me enough for a day two invite. Oh, We're wow. 10th in Could the nation. explain our listeners what that means? Yeah, so if you're in the top 16 of the nation, at least for the United States plus Canada... Um, you get a day two invite. So any competitors that at least earn 300 points in the Masters division gets a day one invite, which means you compete amongst other competitors that have a day one invite. 
um, on Friday at Worlds. And if you do well enough, like, you either have an X2 record or better, or you're in the top 32 amongst all the competitors on Friday, you move on to day two, which is Saturday. And then you compete with uh, everyone else who has qualified with a day two invite and the other competitors that moved on from Friday. And you compete um, for seven more rounds or nine rounds. It depends on the number of people that play in the day two uh, event of Worlds. And then it then cuts to a top eight to then compete for the championship. So you're just that much more closer to that championship round. Exactly. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And uh, so speaking of worlds, uh, based on your knowledge and the current meta and your guess on how Steam Siege, the newest uh, expansion, it's coming uh, kind of come out in August and it's going to be uh, completely legal for worlds. What's your best guess on the decks we're going to see? Of course, we're not talking about what you're planning to take. Of course, that's a secret. Uh, <laughs> but what do you expect to see a lot of? I see a lot of decks trying to take advantage of the new supporters we're about to get. Um, to, for example, Pokemon Ranger, which has a huge impact on the meta, I believe. Yes, I'm crying um, for that one because I want to build a Jolteon EX deck and that card just ruins the whole thing. But hey, c'est la vie. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know what the card does, it um, it's a supporter, and when you play it, you remove all effects um, from Pokemon on the field and from you as the player. So mm-hmm. that removes Quick and Punch for item lock. It removes... Um, Jolteon EX, that now basis can now hit Jolteon EX for that turn. Um, it removes Shadow Stitching from the from the board, uh, from Greninja. It also mainly affects Chaos Wheel from Giratina, which is I think is so huge. Which and that's- is definitely welcome to the meta, because before we just there's nothing you could do. Once you got hit by the attack, that's it. You were forced to play under their rules for the next turn. Is- uh, and Ranger gives you an opportunity to be able to counter that. And because a card like this is going to exist for Worlds, it's a little bit scary just because Nightmarge is already powerful enough, and yeah. um, Giratina al- allows the player to have a chance, a fighting chance against Nightmarge just because of that reason, unless they have like crazy plays like Zeros and Enhanced Hammer. But Pokemon Ranger is so versatile and just like stops like those type of strategies in its place. And so I think Nightmarge will be the most played just... Because of that card alone, um, it just gives it so much combat power. Um, I think Volcanix type decks might be a little hyped, but I don't think it's that strong. And I haven't done any testing for it just yet. Um, but I think it's just one of those little um, decks that try to work in theory, yeah. like uh, Alakazam was for Fates Collide, and just it didn't work at all. Like yeah, in just... paper, they sound good, but in reality, uh, there's quirks you have to work on. Yeah, um, but I do think Water Toolbox will still be strong. Um, Trivenaut will just still be good, um, just because it isn't affected by Pokemon Ranger. Same with Vileplume. So I think Vileplume type decks, Trivenaut, Nightmarch, and Water Toolbox will be like some of the most heavily played type decks there. But I think Nightmarch will definitely be number one. No, oh, of course. You heard that, Scrawn? Nightmarch again. <laughs> uh, Scrawn is one of my co hosts, and he hates Nightmarch to death. I do too. Uh, I have yet. <laughs> play Nightmarch in an official tournament uh, ever since it came out. Uh, out of pure refusal to. I yeah, I, it's just not my favorite type of deck in terms of what it can do, the explosiveness, and just it's kind of dumb, to be, in my opinion. But that's why I like to try and play decks that at least have a chance against it. I don't want to pick a deck that loses to Nightmarch. Yeah, you either play with it or you play against it. Exactly. 
No, that's uh, perfect. Do you think that Jacob Van Wagner, the current reigning champion, needs to be worried? I mean, I don't know. Here comes Paul. <laughs> He's one of my closest friends. Oh, um, really? I love, yeah, I love Jacob so much. We hang out as much as we can because we're both from the Northwest. And when we're at the same event, we always hang out and see each other. We have a bunch of like mutual friends as well. Um, but I don't know, like, we're all on the same playing field, and he's going to do great, and he knows that I'm going to probably do great, and we always have, um, the best of times when we play against each other. I mean, so far, I think I've had a positive record against him recently, um, but that doesn't really mean anything. No, of course. Um, it's meant I had a lot of luck on my end, which I have to admit is correct, but he's going to be a tough competitor if I have to face against him, and we're just going to give it our all. Of course. And I have a, actually a funny story about Jacob. Uh, I actually came back to the TCG on the Seattle Regionals of 2015, right? I had taken a break like you, uh, about four or five years. And I came back the day of the Regionals. I was like, you know what? Whatever. I don't care. Just let me build a quick deck and build. And I, the first match came out and I sat down and right next to me, then I did not know that Jacob was there playing next to me and we started joking because uh, the whole table had mats and for whatever reason I assume it's because of the play points uh, me and my opponent at that time didn't have net so I jokingly said oh you can tell who here is a newbie uh, and Jacob started laughing saying well maybe you're maybe trying to make us think that you're a newbie but you're actually here trying to kill us all <laughs> and he left and needle I took pictures with him on and I did not know he would end up being uh the world champion for that year, so that was quite quite the tale. Yeah, I'm, I was super stoked to see um, myself that he became the world champion. It's just a crazy match to watch. No, definitely it was, and the deck he played. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Jacob. We're talking about you, which is the champion right now uh, in the U.S. Of course, <laughs> top three, uh, and you are a master of your craft, sir. And that I can see. I've already played against your water tool deck, by the way. And a spoiler alert, he destroyed me, as it should have been. Um, <laughs> you put up a good fight. <laughs> we do. I did. I, I, I sustained until I couldn't no more. That's basically all the fight I could, I could do. But having a master here, we, I just have to take the time, the opportunity to address this important, deep, dark question that's been looming around. TCG cast for months now. No one is sleeping. Nobody's going to bed. It is just that crucial. Tiranitar from Fates Collide. Is it good or is it terrible? <laughs> um, in standard or uh, expanded type tournaments, I it's not good. It's bad. I have to. Um, just. <sighs> Sorry. It's fine. We'll cut this out from the podcast, but keep going. <laughs> it's a stage two um, that just doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, it's prize based for your opponent to like accelerate, and also costs five energy if I remember correctly. And it's just such a hefty card just to even use, and it just doesn't do a whole lot. And once it's knocked out, um, it's just like gone, and you have to like rebuild another stage two. And also, just the issues in general aren't that strong, except yeah. for, like, Greninja, which has, like, built-in synergy with a bunch of different cards. But Tyranitar doesn't really have much going for it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, well, don't worry. Uh, Sublime, which is my co-host, he won't be hearing this anyway, because, you know, we'll cut this out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Paul, 
thank you so much for coming here. Thank you so much for the interview. You truly are a champion. And do you have any words, uh, words of advice to our up-and-coming Popolonians who are just getting into TCG and in- aspire to go as high as you have this uh, last week? Yeah, I think... You- it's important to kind of read up on certain cards or read up all the cards from each set and try to understand, like, what has synergy with each other um, and kind of look at a bunch of, like, different articles that Pokemon.com shows or other websites like Six Prizes or 60 Cards um, that showcase a different list that you can, like, take inspiration from. If they feature some cards that you're most interested in, like, trying out, like, I would give those a read and also try and see, like, a similarity between all different types of like competitive lists you see that are doing well in tournaments. Like, I am a league leader myself, and I help out and mentor the kids um, or adults that come to my league and that need like advice on deck building. And I kind of point out like you need like these certain like core cards, like having sycamores and ends and via secret ultra balls are just like all the cards that basically makes a deck competitive enough because you want cards that allows you to go through your deck um, and accomplish what it needs to do because if you don't have any draw cards how are you going to draw exactly what you need um to uh, have a chance against your opponent um also i think mainly you just need to have fun i think that's just the most important thing i can't stress enough on like having fun having exhibiting the true spirit of the pokemon game um whenever i go to tournament like i don't Winning is an added bonus to it all, but whenever I go to a tournament, I just remember to have fun and have a blast and make memories and make the most of it. Um, when I was at Nationals, I just I like, told myself, and I even had a round one loss, and like I didn't beat myself up for having a loss, and I was just like, I'm going to have a fun, positive attitude, and I just happened to do well, but all the judges and everyone that I faced against and like um, just everyone was just saying, like, you're just having a good deal time. Like, yeah, like, that's the point of playing Pokemon. Like, Sure, like, we're here to play a game and, like, this is somewhat competitive, but just have fun. That's all I can say. Yeah, no, and the less you stress about it, the better you do. Because you're not stressed about it, so your mind is clear, it's patient, you're able to calculate and make better strategies. Yeah. Um, Paul, thank you so much. Tell us, where can we find you? You have a Twitter uh, account, Instagram yeah, um, so I have Facebook, I have Instagram, and I also have Twitter. On Facebook, you can find me under Paul Johnston. Um, I forget what my tag name is on that one. Uh, but on Instagram and Twitter, I believe it's Paul Plup, P-A-U-L-P-L-U-P. Uh, Pokemon Piplup. Yeah, so my favorite Pokemon's is Um Absolutely my favorite. And one of my good old friends, Ethan, he gave me a nickname like at the spot on the spot like at the city championships. And I had a pip of me, and he was like, oh, pop up. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, I like it. Uh, and it's just been stuck with me since then. It definitely does, it definitely does stick. Well, thank you so much again. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Paul Johnston, third place winner with Water Toolbox on the U.S. National. Best of luck to you in world, and know that we at Puckle Podcast have are on your corner. It will be definitely looking, and I hope when eventually you do win worlds, We can have this interview once again so you can tell us about your experience. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and thank you so much for giving the opportunity. Oh, not at all. Thank you. So that's it, listeners. Uh, Now we can officially uh, end the show. And, of course, like you heard it from Paul himself, just have fun. Keep on playing. Keep up experimenting. And eventually, you'll grow up to be Paul. 
Until next time, listeners, this is definitely now closing time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.